0: Welcome to 7 Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. Y'all did a good job. Real good job. I know it's nervous. makes you nervous getting up in front of people, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, last week, Josh was preaching to us and uh one thing he talked about was capacity and that's a word that uh, jumped out at me was capacity and something i've been thinking about all week was capacity and so much so that i called and asked him to explain it to me one more time and he did and um for those of you uh that weren't here or if you miss a week whatever you can go to our app we have an app called seven mile ministry app you go to the app store, download it. You can get caught up and get up to speed. And if you, if you were here and you hear a sermon and, you know, a lot of times you hear something said and you're like, I like that. That's, that, that jumped out at me. And then you get home and you forgot what it was. That happens to me all the time. Well, you can go back and listen. So it's a good thing. Amen. So, uh, I want to talk to you today about this and, um, about capacity. We'll get into that in a moment, but you know, I just know you go through life sometimes and you just feel wrong, if that makes sense to you. You just feel wrong. And you, you spend your efforts, your, your thoughts, your time, your energy on focusing on wrong things, focusing on all your faults and all your failures. And then you're, you're critical of your own self. I mean, you've heard people say before, he or she's their own worst enemy, their own worst critic, because you're criticizing yourself. And it's like a recording going in your mind all the time, playing, and there's a war going on on the inside of you, and that's the way Satan works. He gives you thoughts. He wants to remind you of everything you did wrong. He wants to remind you that you weren't a good wife, you weren't a good husband, you weren't a good mother, you weren't a good father, you weren't a good friend, you weren't a good employee, you weren't a good boss, you weren't a good pastor, I could go on and on. But he wants to remind you of mistakes, of failures, and how you messed it all up. Well, we've all made mistakes, and we've all made failures, and we've all... We've all messed it all up in one shape, form, or fashion. But listen, uh, we've got to quit focusing on our faults and quit focusing on our failures and quit focus, focusing on our mistakes because here's the deal. He's not finished with you yet. He's not finished with any of us. The potter and the clay, you're just a chunk of clay. You're on the potter's wheel and he's working on you slowly but surely turning you into a big blob of nothing into a pure, pretty piece of pottery. Have you ever seen those guys do that on TV? Maybe you've seen it in person. It's pretty amazing. They're they're talented. They're gifted. But that's us. We're on the potter's wheel. And you're going to stay on the potter's wheel until you go to heaven. You're going to stay on it. Nobody here has got it right. Nobody here is perfect. Amen or oh me, either way. But uh, he's carried us from glory to glory, from glory to glory, to glory, to glory. And... um, we all have areas that we need to improve. Amen? Amen. So, you know, I, I come in contact with lots of people and talk to a lot of people, and um, I meet people all the time that just don't accept themselves. And you've got to learn to accept yourself. Uh, you've got to, you need to like yourself. Because here's the deal you can't escape yourself. You wake up with yourself, you brush your teeth with yourself, I hope you do, you go to shower with yourself, you get dressed, you go to work with yourself, you go to lunch with yourself, you come home from work, you go to bed with yourself, guess what, when you go on vacation to get away from everybody and get away from your crazy uncle or get away from whoever, you go on vacation with yourself, you can't get away from yourself so you need to learn to like yourself because y'all going to spend a lot of time together. And we laugh, but there's a whole lot of people that don't like themselves and blame themselves and looking down and looking at all their faults and looking at all their failures. And you know what? Sure, we've got a long way to go. But guess what? If you turn around and look behind you, you'll see that you've come a long way. We've come a long way. He hasn't brought you 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 70 years to leave you now. He hasn't brought you through the valley to the, to the top of the mountain or to wherever. He hasn't brought you as far as he's brought you to leave you. He says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Amen. And we've came a long way. And that's what you need to focus on is, hey, I've come a long way. Yeah, I got work to do. We got a lot. This road, this, this, this journey I'm on, I'm just getting good and started. But I've, 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 come a, I've come a ways. And just learn to enjoy where you're at, the place you're at while God's changing you. You know, I hear people all the time don't like their jobs. Well, God's got another job for you. And He'll open the door for that other job for you. But you need to learn to enjoy the job you got now until that happens. And be the best employee you can be. And and let's just say you're on a praise and worship team or or, or a ball ball team, some type of a, a group thing. And maybe things aren't going exactly like you want them to. Enjoy where God's got you at right now. Enjoy where He's got you at right now. Because so many times you, somebody told me this week, last week, this guy's got a welding machine. For those of you who don't know me, I used to weld. I thought that was, I mean, that's all I did. thought that's all I'd ever do. Never thought I'd lay it down. And um, he called and he said, this thing's, not, uh, this thing's not working right. Can you help me? And I said, yeah. Put your phone up to it let me hear it. And he put his phone up to it to let me hear it. And I said, adjust this and adjust this, and he, he did it, and, and he was a lot better. Just by the sound, I could just hear it. I knew what he needed to adjust his wire speed and his heat and get it right. But he said he's still having trouble. So I go over there, he gives me his hood, and I put his hood on, and the thing welded just like perfect. But he couldn't make it do it because he couldn't see through this old junky old hood. And I barely could see through it either, but I can, I can, I can do it blindfolded, or Literally. So he said he tried it without the hood, and he did better without seeing. And I thought, yeah, we'd probably do a lot. all do a lot better without seeing, because you see all the faults, you see all the failures, and that's what you focus on. You know, Helen Keller said that she, if she can, ha- she's glad she lost her sight, that she didn't have her sight, because she don't have to see all the stuff that all of us are uh, subject to. Enjoy where God's at while He's changing you. If I could lose some weight, I'd like myself a whole lot better and I'd enjoy life a lot better. If I could get that job, I'd like, it'd be life would be a lot better. I'd enjoy life a lot better. If I could just break this addiction, then, then I would enjoy myself and I would enjoy life. If I could just break through this. The list goes on and on and on and on. You've got to enjoy the place you're at while God's changing you. Because you're on the potter's wheel, and he's still working on you. And if you're going to wait until everything's perfectly right in your life, and there's no faults, and there's no failures, and you got it all right, you're going to be waiting till for eternity. You wait until you go to heaven, because you're not all you're not ever going to get it all right. Who is one person? His name is Jesus. Amen to that. And it takes God to change you. It takes God to get you ready. It takes God to advance you forward, move you from glory to glory, and you know what? It is easy to be negative. Super easy. A weak minded, weak individual, anybody the the, the 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 dumbest human being that's ever stood on two feet can be negative. That's the easiest thing in the world. What's the easiest job out there? I don't even know what it is, but being negative is easy. Easy. You know what's hard? What's a challenge? Is being positive. And having a good attitude. It's like that seeing thing I was talking about. He couldn't see. He did better when he couldn't see. How much easier would it be if you couldn't see the negative? Well, Satan's going to throw it in your face every day. He wants you to see the negative. He doesn't want you to be happy. He doesn't want you to have a good idea, a good attitude. He doesn't want you to be positive. He wants you to focus on the negative. And um, that's 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 the only thing he can do is put these thoughts in front of your face. Put these thoughts in your mind. You can't stop a thought from coming. But what you can, when it gets there, when it arrives, then it's on you. What you going to do with it? I tell my friends that talk to me about this, having these thoughts come to their mind, I say, I literally will do this. I'll hit the auto button on my window. The glass will come down. And I'll just, I'll act like I'm grabbing it. And I'll just throw that thing out the window. Because the Bible says, take your thoughts captive. These thoughts are coming from your adversary, Satan. The accuser of the brethren, to take them captive. Take them captive and then do what? Throw them out the window. Tell them to get out of your truck. If you can't quit thinking about it, I'll tell you how you can quit thinking about it. If these thoughts are tormenting your mind, I can tell you how to quit thinking about it. You just say, Jesus, over and over and over and over and over. I've done it. I've said it 10,000 times, and one day I'd say it over and over and over, and when I quit saying it, if the thought reentered my mind, I'd start saying it, because you can't say Jesus and think about the past or your mistakes or your failures or who, who hurt you or who you hurt. You can't. Try it. Your brain won't let you do it. Just say Jesus. There's a song that says uh, something along those lines, when you don't know what to do, don't know what to say, you just say Jesus. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, every f- demon in hell has got to flee at what? the name of Jesus. Amen. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. In uh, Hebrews. This is in the Amplified Bible. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight, and the sin which so easily, cleverly entangles us, let us run... With endurance and active persistence, the race that is set before us. Now, get this next one right here. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing your eyes on Jesus, who's the author, perfecter of our faith. Looking away from the things that distract you. That's important. Focusing on Him. You can't look at Him and look away at the same time. Remember Peter walking on the water looking at Jesus. Everything's going good. Then he looked away. Then he sank. Y'all remember? And Jesus came in and rescued Himself. If you've taken your eyes on, off Jesus and you have sank, don't worry. He's right there. He'll lift you up. He'll pull you back up. He'll put you in the boat. He's not going to let you drown. But the Scripture is plainly saying, don't focus on these things. Focus on me. He wants you to have all eyes on Him. And not to be against yourself. Be for yourself. So, me and my wife were eating last night, and on the way home, I said, If you could be anybody else in the world, who would you want to be? Well, she didn't know, and I'm glad. And I said, I can't think of anybody I'd want to be either because if I was somebody else, I wouldn't be married to you, and I I wouldn't have my kids. I kind of like being me. But if you could change one thing about yourself, what would you change? If a thought popped in your mind real quick and you knew immediately, then you've got the, your faults and your failures on the forefront of your mind. They need to be in the back of your mind. You need to think about it for a while. Hmm, what would I change about myself? I don't know. I kind of like myself, not in an arrogant, jerky kind of way. But you need to like yourself. You need to like yourself. Of course, you've got things you'd change. Sure, if I could change myself, I'd go from five foot eleven to six foot. Two or three. That way I won't have to lose any weight. See what I'm saying? (laughs) I'd be just right. Six, three, two, fifty. Bring it on. (laughs) But as it stands, I need to drop about thirty. I'm not talking about changing things like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't want to be dark, complicated, too. You know why? Because summer's rough on redheaded people. (laughs) They... My name's Red for more than the reason of red hair, I can tell you. It's because I stay red and my neck's red. And my neck's red more ways than one, you know. <laughs> Sunburn and redneck, I guess. But anyway, moving on. What would you change about yourself? You don't need to be against yourself. You don't need to relive your failures. And here's the deal. You need to be proud of who God made you. Be proud of who God made you to be. He made you to be somebody. He made you. He formed you. He shaped you. He made you. Be proud of his creation. It's, it's the real deal. This is serious stuff. You need to, be, you need to like yourself. And uh, like I said, we all know those people when we say, well, he likes himself. That's because he thinks or she thinks they're better than everyone else. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about feeling comfortable in your own skin feeling good about the person God created you to be because He didn't create you to be that person and He didn't create you to be anybody else. He created you to be you and to do what He called you to do. Amen? I'd be happy if uh, this happened or if that happened. I'd be happy if I hadn't messed up my life and made these mistakes and lost my job, lost my kids, got on drugs. Got on alcohol, I'd be happy if I had her back. If I had him back, I'd be happy if I hadn't got that divorce. I'd be happy if, you know what? The accuser of the brethren is always there. He is always there. He is always there. He's just waiting for an opportunity. He's always there to remind you. You can't be happy. Remember what you did? Oh, you're going to get up here and dance for us? You're going to get up here and lead praise and worship? You're going to get up here and preach? Let me remind you of what you did. And he, What? I get reminded of this every week. There's not a week that goes by my life that these thoughts come to my my mind that I'm not fit to be up here and I don't need to be up here. Every week. Every week. But I know that God's not putting those thoughts in my mind. I had to remind myself you know what you got to do? You got to put your foot down. You know what you got to put your foot down? You got to say, enough's enough. And I'm done with being against myself. I'm redeemed. I'm restored. I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God. And he's, he's carried me from glory to glory to glory. Amen. I'm not taking it anymore. We've all been given gifts and talents. Let me tell you, negativity and all that, that's going to take away from it. You'll never be able to operate as high as God has called you to operate, the level that He's called you to, if you're negative all the time. And if you're negative against yourself. I'm telling you, He's anointed you to do things. You'll never be able to operate and flow in that anointing if you're against yourself and negative against yourself. It'll never happen. You'll never be as good of an employee, as good as a boss. You just won't be as good as a human being, period, if you're always negative towards yourself. God's forgiving you, won't you? That's tough, isn't it? I've always been quicker to forgive other people than myself. And I haven't always been quick to forgive other people, to be honest with you. I struggle with that as well. I'm a preacher, not a liar. But I've struggled more with forgiving myself because of the stupid, boneheaded things I've done. But you know what? Everything that's stupid and boneheaded this far is behind me, and I'm moving forward. And there's no sense in living in the past. And let me tell you, you can't change the past. But you can dwell on the past and the past will change your future. Live frustrated. Was it Apostle Paul, he said, he said, uh, these things that I want to do, I don't do them. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing them repeatedly over and over. Now, if Paul was all frustrated... And a negative person and constantly condemning himself and looking down on himself, would he have moved forward and wrote a half, over half the New Testament? Well, no. Well, Paul's sending a message to us here and saying, yeah, you're going to mess up. And yeah, you're going to make mistakes because I do it. I do it. I'm the Apostle Paul. He's my hero. I mean, I look up to him. I never met the guy, but I look up to him. I can relate to him. You know why? Because he made mistakes. He messed up Peter. He made mistakes. He messed up. God used them both mightily, didn't he? But if they'd have let the frustration and the negativity, it would have stopped them from moving forward. That just shows me there's hope for me. If I don't let this junk pull me down, and you know, we don't want any weaknesses, and you want to hide your weaknesses. Who does that? Lots of people. I tell you, I tell you, I did it all week. I did it all week. I'm working at a place that's straight down the mountain. It's way down yonder. And it's steep. And the further I go down, the further I gotta come up. We've got about a hundred or so stairs so far going in. And everything I carry down there is heavy. Well, I crashed my dirt bike years ago. And my uh, knee, what's this called right here? Your uh, kneecap, that's it. I guess your femur, you know, I don't know. There's another bone. Your leg bone's back there behind your kneecap. And I fell so hard on my kneecap that the two hit each other, and it sheared the, whatever, it sheared the meat between them, cartilage and everything else. It's not there. It's bone to bone. In fact, you can put your ear to it. When I go up the step, it, 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 seems, it makes the hair on back of your neck stand up. It sounds awful. Absolutely awful. Now, when you go upstairs, it hurts. Every step, it hurts, especially coming up. When you take a six-by-six, it weighs about 100 pounds. You throw it over your shoulder and you go down the stairs or you're carrying a bunch of tools back upstairs, it hurts a lot worse. I was hurting this week. So much so, I literally almost cried once. But I thought to myself, this is just stupid man stuff. I can't let my men see me be weak. So I just gritted my teeth and went on by carrying this wood. You know why? Because when they're hurt, I want them to go up those steps. Why do I show up to work sick? Because when they're sick, I want them to show up to work. You know why? Because they have families to provide for just like I do, and none of us get uh, sick days or paid vacation. You work, you get paid, you stay home, you don't. That's why I go up and down them stairs. But anyway, I didn't want them to see my weakness. That's in the natural I'm talking about, let's let's look at it on the spiritual side. You don't want people to see your weakness. Well, guess what? Everybody's got a weakness, and you're always going to have a weakness. If you didn't have any weaknesses, you wouldn't have to rely on God for anything. If you're strong in every single area of life that came your way, what would you need to rely on God for? You got this. The fact of the matter is, you don't have it. Your strength's found in Him. In your weakness, who's made strong? He is. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're approved. We are approved. Oh, stamp right there. Stamp of approval. You know, you're approved before you were born. I can prove it to you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved you as my chosen instrument. Wow. Wow. Before I knew you, I chose you, I approved you. He be- approved you before you were even born, before He even formed you and put you in your mother's womb, before you were born, and they said, oh, it's a cute little baby. Before you ever won a beauty contest, made straight A's, got to uh, honor roll, I only did that once, so good thing approval is not based off that. Before you won the race, before you won the game, before you did anything, you were approved. You're approved. He approved you. That's good news. It's good to know that, uh, that our approval is not based off of our performance, but our approval is completely and totally based off relationship with Jesus Christ. You know why you're approved? Because Jesus Christ went to your cross and hung on and died for you. You accepted Him as your personal Lord and Savior. You're approved. You're approved. You're approved. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Lives. You're approved. I'd feel good if, if I was approved. Well, you need to start feeling good because you are approved. Amen? We're approved. You've got to put on this approval. It doesn't jump on you. It doesn't fall down out of, out of heaven. And Nobody's going to put it on you. You have to put it on you. It's a daily thing. I'm reading out of the Amplified. I was reading out of the Amplified and um, I don't think I put this one in the Amplified, but... Nevertheless, look right here. What he's saying is, you know what? Your battles aren't against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. He said, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may withstand the evil. And when you've, had, when you've done all that you can do to stand... You know, I think I wrote down the wrong... I don't think... uh, Let's see. I don't even have it on here. I'm going to tell you what it says. That's my fault. It says to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You know what it says in Amplified? It says put on the breastplate of approval. You know what righteousness is? Approval. You're either right and you're approved or you're wrong and you're disapproved. So without Christ Jesus, you're not a righteous person. You're a sinner. But you know what? When you're born again, you become the righteousness of God. How? Through the blood of Jesus. That's who you are. So when you go forward and you make a mistake, you're still a righteous person. But it says to put on this righteousness. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Just like you get up in the morning and you put your clothes on. When you get up in the morning, you've got to put on this approval. You are approved. Why? Because you're righteous. You're the righteousness of God. You are approved. It's something that you put on. You have to put it on. You have to remind yourself of it daily and put on this approval and not to be negative against yourself. Amen? And this breastplate, this approval covers your heart and out of your heart is where we operate. And if you're always against yourself, you're not going to move forward. You're not going to go from glory to glory. You're not going to advance in life. You're not going to advance in the kingdom. You're going to be stuck right there in the mud. It's more like quicksand. You just keep going further down. And just keep going further down. But thank God Jesus came and pulled us out. He pulled us up. Amen. Jesus gets baptized. Do you all remember that? He gets baptized. When He comes out of the waters of baptism, what did His Father from heaven say? This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Isn't that amazing? Here's Jesus. He's been on the scene. All He's done is been a carpenter and just work. That's it he goes out here, John the Baptist baptizes him, and a a voice comes out of heaven and booms down and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He hadn't raised Lazarus from the dead. He hadn't turned the water into wine. He hadn't healed blind eyes, lame legs. He hadn't done any miracles whatsoever at all. The only thing he had done was being the son of God. He says, this is who I'm well pleased. It wasn't performance based. It was just based off who he was. His father said, I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with him. He let everybody know I'm pleased with him. And then Jesus goes out. And guess what? He's tempted for 40 days. Satan's temptations were not successful. And you can tell you why. Because he knew who he was and he knew that he was pleasing to his father. He knew who his daddy was. So, same thing. God's pleased with you. God's pleased with you. God's pleased with you. God's pleased with me. Satan's temptations will not be successful in your life either if you'll get that settled in your heart that I'm his son, I'm his daughter, and he's pleased with me, not based off my performance, but totally based off my relationship. Amen. If T.D. Jakes would have said that, everybody would have went slap nuts. <laughs> These white folks in here is a lot quieter though, I guess. I don't know. But that's the dang truth. He's pleased with you. He's pleased with you. But We go around thinking He's not pleased with us. It's the exact opposite. God isn't happy with me. He's not happy with me. He's not pleased with me. I made a mistake. I messed up. He was. He's never. Here's the thing: what you do correctly is not what pleases the Father. So that's that's putting yourself under the law. I'm going to earn His acceptance. I'm going to earn His approval. I'm going to earn redemption. I'm going to earn my salvation. I'm going to earn it. You're not going to earn nothing. You can't earn it. You know why? It's a free gift. Sure, He wants us to, to, to do better. He loves you right where you are. Does that mean we just want to stay where we are? No, no. It's just like with your children. I love them. I love my children not based off their performance. I just love them because they're my children. That's it. Do I like it when they do things well? Sure. I'm pleased with my kids. Somebody said, tell me about your kids. Well, I'd think about all the things I like about them. I would. I would think about all the things I like about them. Some people will start naming off everything their kids have done wrong. Yeah. A little Johnny this and Susie that. Now, my kids don't do everything right. Whether they do it right or do it wrong does not change my love one bit. My love for my kids doesn't waver. I love them unconditionally. Unconditionally. The Father, how much more does He love us? We can't even understand the way He loves us. Uh, we're down here on this earthly level. We only understand so much. You know, things are kind of foggy right now, but when we get up there in heaven, things will become clear. I do love my kids. You know, they do, do different things that make me proud. They do some things. Sometimes it makes me want to beat them. Sure. And I have beat the daylights out of them. That's one reason they're good kids. I hadn't had to beat them in a long time, though. I got started early, and if you'll do that, if you wait, if you're gonna wait till they're about ten or twelve, start whooping them. Ooh, you got your work cut out for them. you. Gotta go ahead and start when they're about two, and if you start when they're about two, by the time they're about six or seven, you'd be done. And plus, pain is an excellent motivator. You gotta make it hurt. <laughs> That's the truth. But you know the the kids. Uh, what I love about my kids more than anything, if I say, "Well, what's the one?" I love the fact that they're they're generous. I like that. I like generous people. What I, what really um, is disturbing to me, gets me upset, is stingy, greedy Christians. I don't like that. The main fruit of a Christian should be generosity. I want my kids to see. I want people to see my kids and say they're generous. They're generous. That, that they'll help you out. They'll buy this for you. They'll do things for you. Generosity. When a kid comes home from school and he says, "This other little boy here in peas, foots hanging out of his shoe. I want to buy him some new shoes." That's generosity, and it'll make a parent tear up because it makes you crazy proud, more so than ever winning a game or a race. You understand? generosity but think about the good things is what I'm talking about I don't mean to take a rabbit trail I just wanted to point out the fact that when I think about these good things that I like God's no different He sees good in you that you didn't even know was there He sees potential in you that you didn't know was there He saw me being a preacher (laughs) I didn't know that was there He saw you getting up and speaking in front of people and dancing in front of a church. I bet you didn't know it was there, did you? But he's just getting started. The kid, the, 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 the enemy doesn't want you to feel good, and uh, he doesn't want you to have a good relationship with yourself. And um, if you can't get along with you, you shouldn't expect anybody else to get along with you. I know people that can't get along with anybody and they got something negative to say about everybody, but you get them off by their self, they can't get along with their self either and they still got negative things to say about their own selves. It's, it's a pattern. You can't get along uh, with yourself. You're not going to boldly enter the throne room of grace and make your petitions and requests be known to God. You're not going to bust up in there and say, supersize that number one. You're not. You're going to go up in there walking like a scared rabbit and just ask for the kid's meal. That's what you'll do. You'll be real hesitant about asking for anything, but just just give me the crumbs. But when you feel good about yourself and you feel good about the person, man or woman God's created you to be and you get in agreement with Him, you'll boldly in there and say, supersize that number one with a sweet tea. Thank you. Being funny, but I'm being for real. Supersized Life. That sounds like a good sermon title, doesn't it? The Supersized Life. Matthew, the 22nd chapter, he said, Jesus says to him, he's, te- he's teaching, and somebody said, Hey, tell us what the greatest commandment is. He said, Okay. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, what does that tell you? You're going to have to love yourself. You need to like yourself. How can you love your neighbor like yourself if you don't love yourself? It's pretty simple. You can't. It's not an arrogant statement. Look at John. He said, this is the disciple who Jesus loved. Every time he would talk, the disciple that Jesus loved, that's me. I'm the one that he loves. You can say that's arrogant. No, he was just confident in who he was, his identity in Christ, and the fact that Jesus loved him. So he felt good about himself. You need to feel good about yourself just the same way. Because he loves you. Amen. You want to see your faith become effective? Well, it will when you're focused on the positive. You want to be in agreement with God? Do you? Do you want to be in agreement with God? Well, God approves you. But if you disapprove of yourself, you're not in agreement with God. If you approve of yourself, you're in agreement with God. So this capacity thing... Um, For the sake of time, I'm. On, I think we've covered enough ground here, but I want you to know God approves you. God approves you, Amen. I woke up this morning at four o'clock. I'm still thinking about capacity, thinking about it all week. Capacity. Here's one thing Joshua said last Sunday. He said, "Okay, right here on Earth, you have a capacity. You're only going to be able to experience so much pain." I may be adding to it or paraphrasing, but nevertheless, you're only going to be able to experience so much pain and suffering right here on earth. I mean, you're, you only are. Once you start hurting so bad, you'll eventually pass out or die. You can only experience so much, and it'll quit. Do you know what? When you go to hell, and we're not going to hell, when a person goes to hell, that capacity is not there. It's pain, non-ending. There is no passing out. There is no dying. There is no escaping. Here, there's a limited size of the container. You can only experience so much love. You're only going to experience so much peace, so much mercy, so much grace. In other words, we have a capacity both directions. But when you go to heaven, the capacity, that's why people don't want to come back from heaven once they get there. It's a love that you can't wrap your mind around. It's a peace that you don't understand. You know, it's a piece that surpasses all understanding. We don't even understand it here. How much more is it going to be when you get there? You understand what I'm saying? We have a capacity here. So the other day, I was talking about don't drink Pepsi. Y'all remember that? Well, you shouldn't drink Pepsi. It's just straight from the pits of hell. But I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning and decided to go grocery shopping because I was thinking about capacity. And uh, I went up in there and bought a bunch of groceries and I took the grocery cart with me. I did. And there was a cop across the road, got nervous. I'm gonna take it back, I just borrowed it. Where from? We don't want that to be on the app, I can't tell you where from. But here, here's your capacity. And what we preached about two weeks ago is you got a buggy, and you're going to go to checkout one day, and you're going to check out, and and when you get to the up there to pay the cashier, whatever is in your buggy is what you're paying for. And we're talking about life at the end of it. Guess what? You're going to pay at checkout for whatever is in your buggy. But what, but what I want to say is this: you go up to the grocery store. I have, I have a capacity. I have, This is my container. And I'm going through the grocery store. It's full, it's full capacity. Wouldn't you say? I mean, it's full. It's full up. So here's God. And He wants to put some stuff in your container, in your vessel, pour into your life. But where's He going to put it at? There's not any room in there. He wants you to feel better about yourself. He wants you to experience forgiveness and, and have that peace. He wants to move in your life and heal you or heal your marriage or break off addictions, but there's just nowhere for him to put his package in this buggy right here because the capacity is full. So if you're going through life and you can continuously keep putting stuff in, keep putting it in, keep putting it in, you can't keep putting in junk and wonder why I'm not happy with myself, why I don't like myself. Let me roll this bad boy up. I don't know why I'm convicted when I go to church. That would explain the cheese puffs. I got the munchies. You understand? So, you know what? Sometimes you have to empty some things out. Yeah, I, I like these fudge rounds. I mean, I really do. They're good. I like holding on to this anger. I don't want to turn it loose. I, I mean, I'm hanging on to this so tight. and I, I kind of like being mad. It's just kind of who I am. I'm mad about everything. And he's saying, you've got to get this anger out right here. you got to get this Swiss cake rolls out. These chocolate fudge pop tarts. Oh, baby, I like these. I don't want to forgive her. I don't want to forgive him. You don't know what my daddy did to me. He said you gotta get, You got you to get this stuff out of your buggy. You've got to make room for me. Doritos, we're going to leave those in the buggy. Ain't nothing wrong with Doritos. These powdered doughnuts <laughs> and these cakes, these you got to get this junk out. Now, i tell you right now, this angel soft is straight from heaven. See right there? Angel. <laughs> angel soft. You can leave that in your buggy. Some soap and some dishwashing. Some uh, Tide. I mean, you know, whatever, go Tigers. But there's some Tide right there. Some box some water. And we've got all this stuff in here. There's pudding, there's Cokes, there's no Pepsis. And there's, a, there's some Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. That's good. You see, there's some good stuff in here. Here's some protein bars. There's some good stuff that's in here, but it's, in, it's intermingled with a lot of bad stuff and a lot of junk. Huh? Well, God's wanting to put something nutritious in your life. He's wanting to put some protein in there. He's wanting something to do to strengthen you, to give you strength. But there's just no room. You know why? Because you have a capacity. Some things have got to go. So you don't hold the wheel and him hold the wheel at the same time. It's not one hand here and one hand here. It's give him the wheel. Both, hands are, uh, both his hands are on the wheel. I'm going to let go. I'm going to get this junk out of my life. I want that peace that surpasses understanding. I want to feel good about myself. I want to experience forgiveness because you can't forgive until you're forgiven. You have to forgive yourself first. You have to receive forgiveness. You know why? Because you can't give something away that you don't have. You can't love somebody unless you've got love in you. You know where, you know where love comes from? You know why love abides in your heart? Because Jesus is in there and He's love. Some people here this morning came in with chains on them. Chains of low self-esteem. Chains of inferiority. And you're dragging them around. And they don't want you to leave them behind. they got their arms and legs wrapped around your leg and you're just dragging them. You're just dragging them everywhere you go. They're hanging on. But you've got to make room and there's junk in your life that's got to go you need to like yourself when you get this junk out of your life and you allow God some room in your life you're going to feel these chains break off of you and what feels like a million pounds around your neck you're going to feel light as a feather what you've been seeking and searching for your whole life it's going to be there The love that you've never experienced, you're going to feel him wrap his arms around you. A peace that you've never had, guess what? He's going to give you a peace when the whole world's falling apart and crumbling down around you. Guess what? You're going to be a total peace because he gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding. He's saying, "Will you make room for me this morning. You got some junk in your buggy. You got some junk in your vessel. You got some things in your capacity that need to go. Thank you for listening to this message from 7 Mile Ministry.